day before you, I take it as a huge responsibility. Anytime I have to bring uh, God's word, I thank him for allowing me to be his messenger on today. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to ask for, offer a word of prayer. But yes, dear God, we thank you. For you are a kind God and a wonderful Savior. You've been so good to us. We just can't tell all of your many blessings. You have brought us through trials and tribulations. You brought us through tests and you've brought us through storms. You've been there. Oh God, you've been there in the worst of times and God, you were there in the best of times. And, and when trouble was there, trouble times came, God, we thank you for you were there and you brought us out all right. So we want to thank you right now for all your many blessings, for you are worthy of the praise. You are worthy of all the glory and honor that we can give you. So God, right now we ask that you would just touch my body, God, touch my soul that I might break the word of life as you would see it fit, God. I pray that I may decrease and I pray that you will increase in me. God, I pray that you move among your people today. God, I pray that you're, you're, you have free will over this place. You have free will over our bodies. You have free will over our spirits. And God, we're asking that you let the seed of your word, God, let it be planted in your people. And let it be sowed on good ground today. And we pray that your word would accomplish that which you pleases. We place it totally in your hands. We ask that you have your way today, God. Have your way today, God. Have your way in our bodies. Have your way in our spirits. Have your way in this church. We turn our will and our lives over to you right now. And in the matchless name of Jesus, we do pray. That all hearts say amen. Amen. Truly, I thank God for his presence today. And we are in the love season. We thank God that it is Black History Month, but it's also love month with Valentine's Day going on. Uh, it's just love month. People who were going and buying roses that never bought roses before because that's the time to, to, to show their love. But unfortunately, they do that then and they might not see them again till the next Valentine's Day. But we thank God that we serve a God that loves us through the good and loves us through the bad. And he loves us every day, no matter what day it is. Every day is Valentine's Day to him. Now, in the word, we have been uh, examining Jesus' relationship with the people that he had encountered. And then we looked at how they were affected, their lives were affected after they met Jesus. Uh, we talked about the woman at the well and how well how she received him. And after she received him and met him and received his word, she went on to spread the love that she had received. We, we, we heard about the woman at the Mount of Olives when she was up there about to be stoned, how Jesus stepped in and, and, and asked her to sin no more after his, her encounter with him. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, Nicodemus and how he had, uh, after he had met him, and, 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 and the way that it was worded is that God loved us 
in this manner that he gave his only begotten son. What a great love. And today, I, 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 the word is still coming from the book of John. All that was in the book of John. And today, the word is also in the book of John. It's coming from chapter 15, starting at verse 12. John 15 and 12. Uh, we're going to leave use for a topic, no greater love. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. That's John 15, 12 through 17. And again, today we're still in the, the book of John, and, and John, Jesus was actually speaking to his disciples. See, they had finished the Last Supper, and unbeknownst to them, they were on their final physical journey with Jesus. Our focal text picks it up in mid-conversation. However, the conversation began at verse 1, when he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Now, this brings us to our first point. It says, Jesus conveys. Jesus conveys. Here, Jesus conveys that I am the true vine. Now, this is actually the seventh time in the book of John that Jesus declared, I am. On uh, John 6 and 35, he said, I am the bread of life. Who comes to me shall never hunger. In John 8 and 12, he says, I am the light of the world. In John 10 and 9, he states, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. In John 10 and 11, he states, I am the good shepherd. In John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And John 14 and 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And, of course, in 15 and 1 it states that I am the true vine. Now, now there's one more uh, uh, point in John that, that Jesus says I am. And in, in this reference, he just said, before Abraham was... I am. Now that's a whole deep level that I would love to get into, but we'll have to do it another time. But, but he's just think about it. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Okay, but here, Jesus conveyed that I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, and every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth 
it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. Now, it start off with, I am the true vine. Um, many of you know that I am a, a landscaper, which actually went to school for it. And I actually took, it was a special uh, class just on roses. There are so many different types of roses, and people really cherish their roses. And one thing I learned about a, a vine rose is uh, most people don't know how to do it properly because with a vine rose, you want one, sometimes two branches, and then everything else would come off of that branch. But what they'll do is let more than one come off, and it, the, the rose doesn't do what it's supposed to. But you should have one vine going off, and then everything uh, takes off of that one vine. So, and that's what Jesus said. I am the true vine. I am the main vine. I am the main one that your source will come from. And then he goes on and says, you must be productive. He said that every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. He prunes it. Now there's a couple ways you, you prune. You can prune to promote growth. You can prune to stunt growth. You can prune to get fruit. You can prune to stop from getting fruit. Knowing which, you know, when and where you prune it. And what Jesus was saying is if you're not producing, he's going to purge. He's going to prune you. Now, the only reason for the pruning is to produce more fruit. Pruning so that more can come out of you. Um, Sometimes when people go through things, they, it's uncomfortable, I'm sure, for the plant to be cut on. Sometimes when we go through life and things are uncomfortable for us, it's because Jesus is pruning. He's pruning, trying to get things straight that, should, you know, that, that shouldn't be there. He's taking things away from us. And it's uncomfortable while you're going through it, but it's necessary sometimes in order to produce more fruit. Now, one thing that I notice in, 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 in Rose is that, like, you get a main vine that will come off, but every now and then you, in the middle you'll get one that just, it just want to take off by itself. But if you look at that one that take off by itself, it never, I've never seen it with a flower on it, unless it goes for some time. That first year it will not put off. It can grow a couple feet in a couple months, but it will not put a flower on you got to cut that branch. If you grow too fast and not producing, it's not beneficial. You must produce fruit. It doesn't matter how well you do, how, what gifts you're given. If you're not producing fruit, if you're not producing uh, something tangible where God can see that you're doing in your life, then you must be pruned. Amen. And he goes on to say that the word cleanses. He said that, that, that now you are clean through the word which I have spoken you. Now that's, that's enough right there. The word will cleanse you. If you read it, if you stay in it, it will lead you and guide you and it will clean your life up. It goes on to verse four. It says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except ye abide in me. I am the vine you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, of course, I know many of you, if not all of you, received roses this past week. 
most, many, some. But once those roses were cut off of that tree, branch, bush, it, was, it started dying right then. I don't care how beautiful, they might be still looking good today, but they are dying even still. Unless you put that plant, attach it to another rose, or back into the ground, it will continue to die. But that's one thing about God. It doesn't matter. matter. We are a lot like that as well. A rose can pick up. You put it in water for a little while. It will pick back up. And it's like that no matter where you are in life, if you're in a bad situation and you look for God, he's there. You in, wherever you are in life, God will be there. If you try to connect your life back with him, it's very easy to do. And that's one of the benefits of, of, of serving the God that we serve. Okay, and it goes on to say that if a man abide not in me, he cast forth, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That's where a lot of people get that saying you can ask what you want and God will bless you. But it says unless you abide in me and I abide in you. That's how you get it. You can't just be going and doing what you want and then ask God to bless you. No, you must abide in him and he abides in you. I look at a lot as Christians with child, soon to be birthed in a beautiful uh, baby. I ain't going to add nothing else. A beautiful baby. And right now, that baby, when she gets hungry, or he, when the baby gets hungry, the food is there automatically. Because that cord is detached whenever they're hungry. And if there's enough substance right there, Christy got to go get something to eat. Because they are together and that baby needs something, she's going to give that baby what they need. That's how God is. If you are with him, you are connected just like that. And when you need something, he knows and he will provide it for you. It's okay to word it with your mouth, but he already knows and most of us already have everything we need. And we got a lot of things that we want. But just about all our needs are met if we are connected to him. And we need to be like David. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. If you live a life that way, you will keep your connection with him Sometimes my wife, my they, they're used to it now. I just, thank you, Lord. I just walk and I say, thank you. Help me. I mean, some of these, they just come out all the time. My wife, she stops. She asks me, help you what? <laughs> She's used to. And, but sometimes she still do just to know what, what I'm thinking. But it, I'm always praying. And, and, and I'm even on the job, but my, my machine is loud, so they can't hear me all the time. But I might raise my hand. But all the time, I got my mind on him. I'm blessing him. And when you do it that way, he always will provide what you need and many of the things that you desire. In uh, verse 8, it says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. That the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, he shall abide in my love, even as I love, 
even I, as I have kept my father's commandment and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be fulfilled. Now, saying, don't be like on Valentine's Day where you come just once a year to, to, to show your love. Show it all the time, not just on Sundays or not just when you need him or not just after he's done something good for you, but continue in his love. Continue to show him how much you love him. Continue to show your appreciation for what he has done. And, and when you continue in his love, a way of showing you him that you are continuing in his love is by keeping his commandments, by doing what he asks. Uh, it, it, it's so funny when you got teenage children <laughs> And they tell you they love you, tell you they love you, but they won't clean their room. They ain't calling no names. They ain't saying nobody. Tell you they love you, tell you they love you, won't never take out the trash unless you ask them. Show your love by doing what we ask. In the same way, show your love by doing what he commands. Now ask, commands. And he says in verse 12, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you you. So Jesus is conveying to his disciples who he was as he is beginning to prepare them for their life without him. Now, now take notice of the tense I use. He said he is declaring. Now he was. He is declaring because not only was he speaking to his disciples, then he's speaking of his disciples of all time because he, he says I am because truly God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He was there before time. He'll be there after time. And he's there right now. He's the God of the now. But he was speaking to his disciples. And it brings us to our second point. Jesus commands. Jesus commands. And verse uh, 12, it said, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus commands to love one another as he has loved his disciples. To love one another as he has loved us. And prepare his, his declaration of letting him know what is to come, and that is his greater love. When he said that no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. Uh, you know, anytime you're in a marriage, and you're in a relationship with somebody, there is a point of sacrifice. Uh, you cannot always have your way if you want to keep each other happy. So sometimes you need to do what they like, enjoy, and sometimes they will do what you enjoy. But it's got to go both ways. If you love someone, you would share that time and you will sacrifice sometimes what you like to do just so that you could be with them. And, and the funny thing about it is once you start doing what they like, you might get some enjoyment out of it too. Uh, my, uh, I, I don't see her. My daughter's in the building somewhere. That she is. She popped her head up. And she is an actress. She is. I mean, she's really, she's really gifted. Um, but in being active, that means I've got to go through a lot of plays. Now, 
I don't like going to plays. I don't. I do not like going to plays. But I was blessed so much on this last one. Everybody was saying she was... She was the best one in the play, and it was obvious. It was obvious. And when she was up there, I felt like crying. I felt like I had to go and rescue her because she sounded so real, like she was really hurt in her role that she was playing. Then I had to look back on my life. Put a minute, she's been tricking me that way all her life? <laughs> Impossible. She's a very good actress. It's possible. But by me going and support her in what she liked to do, I am becoming blessed because I do enjoy the plays. I would not have picked it out if she wasn't in it. But by me doing it, I'm enjoying it. So sometimes you sacrifice some of the things you like for somebody that you love. But Jesus said, he goes even further. He said, you sacrifice your life. You give up your all for a friend. And that's a level of love not many of us haven't completely reached. But Jesus said, you will lay down your life for a friend. Now, a friend. A friend. In verse 14, he said, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Now, he commands his friends. So, so what's the difference? He commands his friends and he commands his servants. Where is the distinguishing between a friend and a servant? And he says in his, he says that a friend knows what a friend is doing because you will talk to your friend, you have communication with your friend, you want to know more about your friend, but a servant just do whatever he says. There are many Christians who are just servants because they're not looking to find out who he is, not looking to find out what he wants, not looking to find out what he would desire of us. All they want to do is what try to do what he says. I say try to do because they're not looking at the whole thing. If you read the whole thing, it'll be easy to do what he says. But he wants us to be a friend. And, and he laid down his life for a friend. Another thing it says, you can't make somebody be your friend. You can't, you know, tell somebody. You, I mean, you, you might think somebody might be Brandon's friend. Oh, y'all be good together. But when they get together, they don't like each other. You can't make it. They can have some of the same desires, but you can't make, you got to choose your friend. You used to say choose your friends wisely because you don't, you know, you want to get nobody, you ride to the store with them and they go rob the store and you sitting in there and don't know what they just done. Choose your friends wisely so you know what they're doing. So you choose your friends. And Jesus said, he chose us. He chose us. 16, verse 16, it says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. 
These things I have commanded you that you love one another. It feels great to be chosen. We often hear that I was living a life of sin and then I found God. Well, the truth of the matter is you didn't find God because God was not lost. God has never been lost. God has been everywhere. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He, he, he knows all. He's all powerful and, and he's everywhere. So you can't find God. He finds you. Mm. In Luke 19 and 10, Luke 19 and 10, it says, Son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, this is not in contradiction to the word in the Old Testament where it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Or it says, Seek the Lord, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search with your whole heart. And it goes on and says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now, 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 two things about that with those scriptures I just read to you. First of all, they were in the Old Testament. First of all, they were in the Old Testament. And secondly, when they were saying seek, it was saying search to find him, search to know him, not like you're looking for God. No, search to know more about him, to get an understanding about him. That's the kind of, kind of seeking that the Bible is speaking of. And that's why he says you have, I, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I'm so glad that we serve a God that does not sleep. We serve a God that does not slumber. He's there all the time. He's there in the good times. He's there in the bad times. You, you can call on me, and, and I might not hear you. You can call on me, and you know these cell phones, if don't recognize the number, it won't even ring. If I don't know that number, then I won't hear you. You can come by my house. I won't be there. But when you call upon the name of the Lord, he will be there. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. When you call on the Lord, you will get an answer. Hallelujah. And so, so he knows us and he chooses us. And he, he knows about our our strong points and he knows about our weaknesses and yet he still chooses us he don't know just a little bit about no he knows all of you he knows every, he knows the deepest darkest thing that you don't put so far under the rug that you forgot about it he knows about it but still he chose us mm. glory to God I'm grateful but we're here we're having a come Jesus was having a conversation with his disciples. Pardon me. And a conversation goes both ways. Uh, all of verse chapter 15 was Jesus talking to them. Chapter 16, they started talking back. Uh, we're going to go to verse 25 of chapter 16. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you. 
that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and after and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am come unto this world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverbs. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things and, and needest not any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yeah, is now come, that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's John 16, 25 through 33. Now, Jesus was preparing them for life without him. He was telling them that even now they don't fully understand his plight. That because of his love for them, because of his love for us, because of his love for me, he must go back to the Father. His disciples, while trying to do all that they could to convince him to stay, <laughs> they were saying, like, Jesus, we understand you. We, we, we got you. We see you pl plainly. We see you clearly. And, and we know that you are all-knowing. He said, you don't have to prove anything, his disciples were laying. You don't have to prove anything to us because we know who you are. We know that you are definitely sent from the Father. So you ain't got to go nowhere. This is basically what they were saying. You just stay with us. We, you already showed us everything. You ain't got to go back. We, we, we good. But Jesus answered them and, and said, oh, do you believe? But the time has come that you will soon scatter and leave me alone. Yet he is never alone, for even in the toughest of times, God is there. He then warned them that even as he is about to go through, they will soon go through. He, he said, take peace, though, in the fact that Jesus himself had already overcome the world. Now, now, now we know that the disciples, as Jesus spoke, that they would, they did betray him. We know that soon after, as Jesus spoke, that they would. They uh, left him. They left him alone. Uh, but we also know that they eventually did spread his word. Amen. They did spread his love. They did share their relationship, their times, their uh, being with him. And although they didn't quite understand it, as Jesus said, they wouldn't. They didn't understand everything. They realized that, that because of him, they've got another chance because of him. 
A uh, lot of Richie recording artists made several Grammy award-winning songs that he had written, but he didn't do no better than when he said, Jesus is love. Jesus is love. And so while we're enjoying this month, this time of Valentine, this time of sharing our love for our truly loved ones, we got to realize that Jesus is love. And so when you hear, I said, Jesus conveys, I said, love conveys, love commands, and love chooses. Amen. So, so in our celebrations of, of love, let's not forget the love, the greatest love of all. That's Jesus. Uh, Pastor Brandon, a couple weeks ago, he stated, any measure of love that does not, in fact, begin with God is merely a broken, shadowy reflection of his true love. If you don't have God in your life, if you don't have God-centered, there's no way you can truly understand love if you don't understand why he did what he did for the world. So, there is no greater love. There is no greater love. And it says, and by your love will all men know that you are my disciple. It's not how well you speak, not how well you uh, uh, sing, it's not how well you play, Alicia. It's not how well you use the gifts that you have. It is how you show your love. It's how you love. That's what people are looking at. So now, nowadays, uh, many churches, are, uh, they're moving, they're transitioning, and now it's about how much you do with what you have rather than how much you have. You know, it's, it's how much you do with what you have. They, it, church will do, and I, and I love that. It's going in the right direction about sharing, not just sharing the love on the pulpit on Sundays or on Wednesday, but it's also going out and sharing it to the world. And so I'm loving this, this uh, the move for the time, for this time. Wait, give me a second. What is it? Extending our reach. Thank you. Extending our reach, we've got to share our love. We've got to share our love with others. And by the way that we share our love, will people know that we are his child. Let us pray. God, we thank you right now for your word. God, we thank you for all your many blessings. And God, we pray that you will block the enemy from trying to come in and remove the seed of your word. We pray that your word manifests itself in our hearts so that we are prepared to have any communication necessary to show our love to you. And that people may see the love that we share. And it doesn't matter where the people are. It doesn't matter how the people look. It doesn't matter what kind of person we think they are. 
that we are willing to have that communication with them to, show, to share with them that we too once was lost, but now we're found. God, we pray that we are mindful that, that, that when we are rejected, it's not because of us, but they're rejecting you. So let help us, God, that we don't take it personal what goes on. And that we continue to abide in your love and that as we continue to share your love that men may see you in us. And that we gain the confidence of knowing that as we lift you up that you will do the drawing. And so God as we did, couldn't take credit, we couldn't take the blame when, when, when they were rejecting us. We cannot take the credit when they accept the word that we give them. It's not about us. It's all about you. So God, we ask that we just continue to shout of love and lift your name up on high and that men will see the love that we have for you and want to know more about you. God, we love you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.